All right, first and foremost, thank you, everyone, for the plays, the shares, retweets, comments, positive feedback. I love you all, and I appreciate the positive words of encouragement y'all had for me. And I will always appreciate any feedback any of y'all have for me. So if uh, any questions arise in your head or uh, comments, don't shy away from sending me a direct message on your preferred platform. Uh, I'd appreciate it a lot. And if uh, any of you little darlings out there listening would love to come on the podcast, that would be amazing. I'm in need of guests for my podcast. So if you're listening to this and you'd like to come talk to me for about an hour and a half to two hours, then feel more than welcome to come over. So keep it up, guys. That was a way better acceptance than I was expecting. Uh, It went way better than I thought, which really helped my confidence going forward. So I hope that the quality of podcast keeps uh, rising. Secondly, Joey Badass has won a fucking Oscar. So we're going to celebrate that tonight because my man is fucking talented. There's nothing he can't do. He made 1999 when he was 21 years old. He, he can't be stopped. He has an Oscar now. He's the fucking GOAT. If you don't know who Joey Badass is, walk off of a roof or shove your head in a toilet or something because you, you need to be listening to Joey Badass. So my man won the fucking Oscar and we're going to pop some fucking champagne. Young guy. He's under 30 years old, man. He's, he made three of the best rap albums ever. Show him some fucking credit. Lastly, we got uh, my guest, a guy that I met through working. Uh, it's the first person I sat down and talked to that I haven't known my whole lifetime. So the conversation, I feel, went to a good place and flowed very well. I've never really shied away from talking to uh, any new people or random people I've met. So for others, you may feel like you do feel shy or nervous talking to new people. So if you're one of those people, maybe this will be a good chance for you to actually get to know something about someone you have no idea about. Because I know no one else knows Cody. And this guy is a fucking trip. One of my favorite people to talk to every day. So I ask that you show him respect. uh, Send him love through your heart. Because that's possible. If it's not rotted away from the amount of mirror selfies you take on a daily basis. (laughs) Send him love. Send Cody love. You don't have his number, but that doesn't mean you can't send him love. Open your heart and stop being weird. Love people. I'm recording as many podcasts as I can, so I have a little goodie bag full of good episodes for you guys to listen to and enjoy. Next week is Alicio Ortiz. 
And if you know him, you're probably excited right now. And if you don't know him, you'll get a chance. That episode comes with a big announcement that I think uh, we can all get behind and get something good going. A way of community for people in our age group, which we don't have a lot of. Guys, I forgot to mention the Walking Home Podcast has their first sponsor. The Johnson & Johnson Feline AIDS Prep Pill. It should go without saying that I'm only going to advertise products that I use myself. My male cat is the feline equivalent to Chris Hemsworth. So my man gets around. And when he's out there on the streets, on the prowl, I like to go to, go to bed at night knowing that he's protected. They use a chemical compound only found in Wakandan rhino shit. The diets that these rhinos are fed are strictly vegetarian, and the Wakandan fruits turn that shit into liquid gold. This product was tested on board the International Space Station, where multiple cats were led to have rave-style orgies, and not one of them contracted the feline's AIDS virus under this pill. Now, I know what you're saying. Not my cat. It won't happen. Guys, my friend's cat contracted feline AIDS, and he started coming home to find his cat on the couch, watching Fox News, drinking Bud Light, and shortly thereafter, he's moving to a, a cabin in Oklahoma where they, they found him hung in his room. In a, in a room full of Bill O'Reilly posters. Don't let that be your cat. Prep up today. That's what I want to say about it. The required talking points. Uh, in, in some cases, death did occur. It does not actually prevent feline AIDS. And the most common side effect is diarrhea. Use code WALKINGHOME to get 50% off half of your first order. That's right, 50% off half your first order today with the code Walking Home. So for all of you lovely individuals that made the first podcast so great, I hope you're listening to this one and continue to listen. This is for y'all and for Joey Badass winning the Oscar. Now enjoy listening to episode number two of the Walking Home podcast. Cody, no last name yet. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nothing. You claim you're not famous. That's true. What happened after high school, though? Uh, I don't know. Not much. Started playing music. Uh, Nothing of note, to be perfectly honest with you. So Nothing, like, too crazy has happened to you, though? Um, I mean, that's all about perspective. (laughs) 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 So... I wanted to talk about you getting into music and all that. Okay. Or, like, where you started when you went that direction. Okay. So, if like you got the, a starting uh, point that you know of. Uh, well, so, to tell that story, we have to tell another story. All right. <laughs> <laughs> is this where the NPR music... Yeah, this is where the NPR music starts to swell. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, not really. So in high school, I played sports and stuff. So my intention was to try. And oh play. yeah. I also did want to mention that you were really good at track in high school. Oh, okay. Because of where you grew up, right? Right. Uh, I guess, sort of, again, um, perspective and perception and all that stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> being a fast white kid amongst other white kids isn't really that notable, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so I uh, played sports in, in high school, football, track, mostly. So my intention was to try and like play sports in college at one point, but uh, the problem is I wasn't good at school. So oh yeah, to seek higher education, I think you have to actually have some sort of acumen for school work, yeah. not necessarily like being smart. Yeah, because every kid wants to play sports in college. But uh, yeah, so like I always tested really well in school, so but I didn't do any of the classwork. So I always had 70s if I was lucky because I would do no homework and just get 90s and 100s on tests. So that would, if I like didn't get a good score on a test or if a teacher had kind of a vendetta against me, it could easily drop me down to like a D and you can't play yeah. when you have a D. Yeah, I've fucking been there. I fell out of one like semester of football. So I only got yeah. to practice. Right. And, and that's I was the worst. Just on the fucking practice squad yeah. getting beat up. Yeah. That's the absolute worst. Yeah. Because you're just getting wrecked out there. Yeah. And I hate feeling stupid. That's why I dropped out of college. Yeah, that too. Because people were just like, oh, yeah, you failed. I had. W- <laughs> But yeah, they they don't know that you failed and you're just on the practice squad getting your fucking ass kicked every day. Well, when you go from being a starter to like all of a sudden you're just like running the scout team offense or like, hey, what are you doing over there? It's like, oh, I failed Spanish again. Yeah. You (laughs) did football too or just track? No, yeah. Football was my main sport. And then track I did just. So track was like the off season thing. Yeah, like track just kind of happened. Oh, okay. Uh, Coach was like, hey, you're super fast. Come run track. That's just being fast. I I didn't even really know you played football. Oh, yeah, that's my main... What position were you? Um, So, middle school started off as a tight end because, like, in seventh grade, nobody knows what anybody can do because we're just children out there, like, putting on 20 pounds of pads and just running (laughs) at each other. So, none of us, like, we watch football, like, on TV with our parents or our grandparents or whomever. Uh, So, we really have no grasp as to what our skill level is and how it translates to the various positions because we don't know anything. Yeah. So, I started off as a tight end. Um, and then through flashes of like off season stuff, got to show how fast I was. So then I moved over to running back. Then once I was in high school, like went from running back to fullback and that's kind of what I played. Damn. Yeah. So, and when you were failing out, how many times, like just once or twice or like the whole time you were failing out? Um, not, it was usually towards the end of the season, like whenever the second trimester results would come in. Yeah. And so... Oh, y'all did trimesters? Yeah. So, like, what what does that mean? That's three... I honestly do not remember. <laughs> I think it was three six... Or it was six-week periods. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah, okay. But, dude, it's been... I'm yeah. old, dude. Remember? Yeah, yeah. 900 like, years old. You're, yeah, you're like 50. I went to school with Jesus, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking of, like, asking you to do a bit whenever we started the podcast of me just, like... Have we saying, started? Yeah, we start <laughs> of me just calling you old, and then yeah. you being like, "Man, if you're just gonna fucking call me old, I'm gonna fucking go home." <laughs> no, no, man, no. It's it's. it's I mean, it's, I am old. I'm I'm 900 years old, dude. Yeah, that's a fucking shit. That you've seen a lot. I've seen a lot, man. I've seen trimesters, <laughs> semesters, bimesters, quadmesters, man. So after after high school, did you even go to college? No. 
Uh, yeah, be, no, because my like whole aspiration was to go to Florida, University of Florida, and because uh, you know, like back in the day, um, the world was a lot more naive about how talented people were, and like what your skill level actually had to be to perform at like the next level, especially like D one collegiate SEC Southeastern Conference football. <laughs> like to think that yeah. I like. Comparatively, I probably could have been, like, a, a really good fullback, but I also didn't like getting hit. Yeah. And for people who don't know what the fullback position is in football, that's the guy it's, who blocks for the running back. Yeah. <laughs> it's only getting hit, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, like, for how fast it was and how strong it was, I could have fit somewhere, but yeah. I definitely, there's no chance in hell. Yeah. I was actually telling my friend on the first episode of this that – uh when I went to the counselor and told her I wanted to be a college football player, uh-huh. she was like, yeah, well, you got to be a big old moose to do that. <laughs> and I was like, I was comparing it to her crushing my dreams. Uh-huh. But like, also, I was like, you know, I mean, that was a little reality check. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you do have to be. Well, yeah, that's small. also kind of a kind of a rough comparison, too, because people actually don't even know how big a moose is. They don't realize a moose is the size of a Not man. in Texas. Yeah, we don't have moose here. No, not at and all. And the plural of she moose is moose. Is that not yeah. weird? <laughs> it's the same thing. What's that? It's a moose. What are those? Those are moose. <laughs> those are moose. Yeah, it's like, what are you talking about? Dude? No, what's the plural? Moose. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's how bad you are, son. <laughs> it's the same. It's like being Cher. One, yeah. one name. She should have said cow or... You got to be a Brahma bull. Oh, yeah. You got to be a longhorn. What's the Longhorn's nope. name? Uh, uh, Bevo. Bevo? Yeah. You gotta be bigger than <laughs> Bevo, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Where was the first place you worked after high school? Uh, the Buckle. The Buckle, The really? Buckle, baby. Je- oh, yeah. Selling jeans. Selling them jeans. So, I remember when Affliction dropped, dude. That was a game changer. Affliction? Affliction. I remember what when is, Affliction came out. What is Affliction? You don't know what Affliction is? I probably might. Wow. If you explain... Oh, it. yeah, I guess that is kind of... Passe now. So Affliction was like the original OG uh, UFC bro brand. Oh, like uh, before American Fighter. Before American Fighter, before American Top Team, before uh, Venom, before Tap Out. Yeah. Before all that other shit, it was Affliction. Mm. But it also had a foot, it had a foot in like, so basically when the shirts came out, they would be short, but they would be wide. Yeah. So that's how the cut was, like how the, the long fit tee became popular a few years ago. This was like a different thing. So it was short and wide. It was built for guys that were like big. They had yeah. like big lat spreads and all that stuff, big right. shoulders, big arms, but weren't necessarily the tallest guy in the world. Yeah. It's like, I hate having to wear a large when I'm only 5'8". <laughs> this is bullshit. It yeah. goes to my knees. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I remember when Affliction came out and like... Man, it was weird. I remember trying yeah. on because I wore a small at that time because it was skin tight, but I wanted people to see yeah. muscles of mine. Um, so I put on a small, and it looked like a, a, a muumuu. It was so <laughs> wide. It was like a kimono. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the buckle was my first job after high school. Yeah. And, uh, that sounds like perfect buckle target audience, that brand, that brand Affliction. Affliction, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, BK Jeans, BKE or whatever, <laughs> which I think is the Buckle brand. Yeah, they kind of gone downhill though now, right? Who, like Buckle? Buckle. I haven't been in a Buckle since I worked at a Buckle. So That's probably saying. Something. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. 
Damn. Yeah, I quickly went from the sales floor to working the stock position because I am not a salesperson. Yeah. Oh, they did commission there or yeah. something? Oh, yeah. Um, Fuck that. I don't, I don't and see. you had to wear the clothes. Yeah, commission in retail jobs like that doesn't really make sense, if you ask me. Quick story about that. There was this kid who um, who started working there. I had been there. I had already transitioned to be like in the stock. There was one stocker, like just the process, their freight that came in. And um, he came in. The guy looked like uh, a bargain bin Robert De Niro. (laughs) And he kind of talked that way, but he talked that way with like... He's old too? No, he was like 19. Oh. Yeah, this was was very much so a young crowd they had in there. Um, So he comes in there and like... So yeah, he looks like a bargain bin Robert De Niro, but he talks like kind of in that cadence, but with a Texas drawl. Yeah. And so it's like Jersey Shore meets... Tyler, Texas, and they have a baby, and it's this young man. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember this one time, uh, he's talking to this girl, and he's trying to sell this shirt, and, like, he's just trying to sell this whole thing, and, like, they're having a conversation that kind of deviates from that, and so, like, they're just having this casual conversation, all of a sudden, he's like, so, you gonna buy the fucking shirt or not? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, make a sale, make a sale. I cannot remember that guy's name. Did he sell life. it? I don't know. Probably uh, not. That's like some some shit you see in a movie that like you see it and you're like, this is never ever happening in any store anywhere. That's something that you see in a movie and you try it in real life and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. work. Yeah. It's cinema for a reason. Yeah. You yeah. Buy the fucking shirt or not. <laughs> hey, so you gotta buy the fucking shirt or not. <laughs> yeah, I can't really do the accent that he had because it's such a a thing. I can yeah. either do Nero or I can do Texas, man. You, know, you gonna buy this fucking shirt or not, huh? <laughs> what, you gonna buy it? Some bitch. <laughs> so music was just always your hobby through, like, all the background of this? Shit. Yeah. Not, uh, so I grew up, like, all my friends were, like, the punk kids. Yeah. Like, punk music, so skate punk, like, no Even effects. when you played football? Yeah. So that was kind of a weird thing is that I was, like, the punk kid playing yeah. football. Like, I... I fit the bill. Like once I changed into my grays and I was like ready to work out, I looked like a football player. But when I yeah. took that off and put on my clothes, it's wearing like dicky jeans or dicky like uh, work pants, like yeah. band shirt, the studded belt, black on black. Yeah, yeah. I didn't wear makeup. I didn't have uh. any. I just I just had long hair. I didn't have like any kind of weird side part or anything. Yeah. It was literally just that. I the reason I had long hair was I saw uh, the second Lord of the Rings. Still to this day, the only Lord of the Rings movie I've ever seen. And uh, I thought Viggo Mortensen looked good. <laughs> so I thought he was a handsome man. So that was... And we, we had similar hair, like curvy, wavy. wavy. And I was like, man, if I just grow my hair out, I could look cool like that guy. Yeah. So that's what I did. <laughs> that was your goal. Yep, that was my goal. So I was the only kid on the team who had long hair. I would work out in my Vans checker slip-on shoes. Yeah. And yeah. So you obviously started growing a beard in like fourth grade? Um, I first had a mustache. And my theory is to re- the reason why I had a mustache um, was that growing up, a thing that used to, I think they, I saw one a couple years ago and I was like, oh my God, this is still a thing. But certain licenses licenses would come out with shaving kits for children. But it, <laughs> so it would be like a big razor, but there'd be no blade in yeah. there. So it's and like a thing of Barbasol with, so I had a Ninja Turtles one. And uh-huh. uh, so it was like the four turtles, like 
uh, stickered to the Barbasol shaving cream can. Yeah. And then it'll come with like a hand mirror and something else. <laughs> so it's like a, a children's grooming kit, I guess, to prepare you for grooming. As a, <laughs> for it's going to happen so soon. Yeah, I guess. I got it when I was like four. Yeah. So I would like, you know, pretend I'm shaving. And so I noticed like there's no blade. And so I look at it compared to my mom's big yeah. razor. I'm like, oh, there's something metal in here. So I take a butter knife and I start pretending to shave with that. <laughs> I don't think I actually made contact or like actually cause any follicles to grow in. Yeah. But possibly I did. And that's why I had a mustache oh, in seventh grade. I see what you mean. Yeah. So like I actually started shaving yeah. when I was like four years old. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I feel like when you said that, I took away, like, the rest of your beard and only saw you with the mustache, and, like... Sucks. If you had just the mustache, I would believe that you were from some part of deep Texas. Oh, yeah. With the hicks, you know what I mean? A hundred percent. That's what it looks like? Yeah. Like, you may even pass by as, like, a cop. Um, maybe. Does it look like a cop mustache? No, because I have a real short chin. Oh, I I don't. I have a very round head. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. So when I shave, my head is just like, yeah, a, a plate. Uh, yeah, I understand. Some people look better with beards, like yeah. James Harden. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> true. Exactly like James Harden. Yeah, he's got a lot of feature features that should be hidden. Yeah, not to say I'm attracted to James Harden. Yeah, I'm not saying I, I, I w- I'm not saying I wouldn't blow him. Yeah, I'm not um, saying I would. <laughs> Just I'm not saying, saying I haven't tried. I'm just saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so what type of bands were you into in high school? Uh, so I was like the the classic rock kid. Right. So uh, um, Jimi Hendrix was like the reason why I started playing guitar. And actually the reason why I started playing bass after that, when I realized there was a billion guitar players yeah. and not very many bass players, was the bass player from the Jimi Hendrix experience. Um, so... Like, those guys, and whenever we would work out at football practice, it would always be, like, ACDC. Yeah. That's uh, how it was for me during powerlifting. The coach just goes in and plays what he wants to listen right. to. Yeah. So it's, like, all, classic rock. Yeah. yeah. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Like, yeah. But mixed in with, like, the current hits. So there was, like, Power Man 5000 and Godsmack and yeah. uh, some Limp Biscuit. So, yeah, it was a very, like... Downbeat, syncopated, beat down music where it's like, yeah, get, get the fuck ready to lift that weight, man. Push up that 315, son. Yeah. Push it up. <laughs> uh, yeah. So those kind of music. And then, like, all my friends got into punk way before I did. Yeah. And I remember at the back of a, a school bus, we we're coming back from some trip. And uh, my buddy Jeremiah, who was like full blown, like, safety pins, hoodies, Jet black dyed hair, all that stuff, like punk kid. And he showed me a tape and he's like, Hey, check this out. These guys have a song about uh Depends undergarments. I was like, What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so keep I like I'm dressed as like a preppy because I was a preppy before all that. Yeah. Just because like you have no idea what you're supposed to be, you have no identity as a human being. Somewhere like Tommy Hilfiger and like Docker shorts and shit like that. Yeah. I'm like, all right, let me hear it. And he plays and it's uh Blink one eighty two's first like full length album that they came out with on a, a small label and uh, I was like oh that's funny and so like that was kind of my introduction to like punk-ish music yeah. like in the sub genre so yeah that kind of stuff so did you ever play anything other than the bass I, I play guitar too okay but those are like the two main ones I see yeah. so when was the first time you played in a band uh I believe 19 
You were 19? Yeah. Like, how big of a band? Like, just a gig um, act or what? So, like, back in the day, we had, like, the scenes. And so, like, the like the post-hardcore, like, slash punk, slash emo scene, there were, like, different tiers of, like, all right, this is the opening band, this is the mid band, this is the headlining band. Yeah. So we were probably, at that point, like, in the... On lower shows, we'd be the headliner. On bigger shows, we'd be the mid. Mm-hmm. So kind of that general range. But, like, not a money-making band by any stretch of the imagination. Just, like, playing gigs and yeah, playing shows with our friends and stuff. What What type of music did, like, your mom introduce you to? Was she, like, um, listening to some old stuff or... Mostly, like, classic, like, 60s, 70s rock, because that was oh, her okay. stuff growing up. So she up. was still into rock, too? Oh, yeah. So the Beatles, uh, she got me into Ted Nugent and, um, like, Kiss and stuff like that. So Aerosmith. Yeah, so it came from kind of both ways. Yeah, my mom was a big music fan, um, so she would always tell me about all these different songs. Was that me? Was that you? eBay. eBay. <laughs> you just make some sales? I don't know. My that was in, that was a good sound. Yeah. I don't know, that made me feel good. Me? Yeah. I was like, damn, who who here on eBay? <laughs> who, who out here on eBay? Yeah, so she uh she likes a lot of different kinds of like rock stuff. But also like one of my favorite artists growing up was uh Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Yeah. I've never heard of him. What's new, Pussycat? You never heard that song? What's new, Pussycat? You never I heard feel that like song? I've, I've heard that name before. Or You've definitely lyrics. heard his song. Uh, the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You've seen that? Yeah. So the song that Carlton always danced to. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, oh, what's that Tom Jones song? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like his most famous song. I'm totally blanking. I wonder <laughs> why. Uh It's not unusual. Whew, that was killing Oh, me. it's not dee, unusual. Dee, 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 dee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not unusual to be loved by anyone. Okay. Na, na, yeah. Na, na, na. All right. So but yeah, yeah dude, I, lo- like, I actually wore this tape recorder that I got from my grandfather out on a Tom Jones, Engelbert, Humperdinck split tape. Really? Yeah. I never listened to the Engelbert side. It was all Tom Jones. <laughs> I fucking love Tom Jones. You've never heard of Daniel Johnston, though, right? The blues player? I guess it's blues. It's like really alternative. Daniel Johnston with like a T, like yeah. Um, maybe not. It's probably not the person I'm thinking of then. Yeah, I mean, it. I guess you can consider it blues. It's more like you would say alternative. Is this current stuff? No, 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 oh. no. It's like uh, '80s and early '90s, I think. Yeah. Anyways, he has a whole documentary about him, and he like. It seems like he has. What would you say? It's like he's insane. Uh huh. It's, I don't know how to describe it, but he said he had depression and like anxiety. So, like, all his songs are super weird. Like, mm-hmm. there's like how he got popular. He was, there was like MTV was filming mm-hmm. in his town and he went and he got an interview in front of an MTV camera. And he promoted his little tapes. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, re-recording these tapes to hand out to people for free. So, like, every Daniel Johnston tape was a different sound. Yeah. Because he would record them live. Oh. Yeah. It's it's really cool. There's the documentary on Amazon, but you got to buy it. What? So, fuck Jeff Bezos. 
Oh man, yeah, I'll, I'll check that out, but I don't think I know who that is. Yeah, it's it was just crazy hearing the story too. Like all his songs are about this one girl, and he liked her, uh-huh. but she always had a boyfriend. So like, he was just obsessing over this girl, writing this songs about her. Yeah, and it's just because he was like going insane. So every song was about this one girl. Yeah, wow. he. Uh, this is part of the documentary. Him and his dad were flying back from New York, wherever they lived, mm-hmm. and uh, his dad was like a personal pilot, so he had like a small six seater plane, and uh, so he would fly them back and forth. Yeah, and uh, he threw the keys out the door of he, the plane. Of the he took the keys out of the plane and threw them out the door, and so they were like having to crash land right there. <laughs> Cause they, he just said that like he knew the devil, devils in his head and all that. Okay. The movie's called The Devil and Daniel Johnston. So oh. it was talking about that. Yeah. And I've it, definitely heard of that title before. Yeah. And the only reason they survived is because his dad did like crash training. Oh, that's good that they put that in the curriculum. Yeah. For learning how to fly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, uh, <laughs> we've got an elective. It's crash landing. Um, but if you do everything that we tell you to during the main, uh, syllabus, you won't need to take it, <laughs> but if you want to be prepared, just in case. Yeah. 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 You've never been on a plane though, right? What? You've been on a plane? Like an airplane? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. A few times. Uh, my first time on a plane Wait, was... Wait, why, why... Did I ever make it seem like I'd never been on an airplane I, before? I, I just felt you like... You just seemed shocked. At one time, you told me you've never been on a plane. I've never been I, out of the country. I said that earlier. Yeah, but I guess I'm just making that up that you've never been on a plane. It just what? seems like something... You've been on a plane. I've... Like you. <laughs> you've you been on a plane. Of all people, they let... <laughs> You they people. let you up there. You people. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm sick of these motherfucking <laughs> you people. <laughs> no, it's just because my first time on a plane was like two weeks ago. Really? I went to Vegas. That was your my first, first time. time on a plane? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. A late bloomer. Yep. I'm a late bloomer. Always have been. Mm. You know. What'd you think of it? It was crazy until we landed, and my head felt like it was gonna explode. Wait, I'm, that's, I'm not, wait, that was the crazy part? Everything <laughs> else is crazy. I'm confused. Everything else is cool, you know, being up high in the air. Yeah. That and the the curves, when they have to turn the plane. Yeah. And you're just like, oh. Yeah, you like, oh. Yeah. It's I fucking, can see. Yeah. Have you ever been on a small, small plane? No. It's only been like the commercial airliners. Where's the best place you've ever been? Uh, So the best place I've ever been, like... Strictly on an airplane or just in the history of the world? Because <laughs> I think the sky wins. Best place you've ever been on a bike. No. Uh, anywhere in the world. Um, well, no matter know. how you get there, it's not It's not the journey. It's the destination. Destination. <laughs> it's definitely the other way around, but... Yeah, dude. The destination is... Pointless. <laughs> yeah. It's Who cares? Destination, destination. Yeah, man. What if you have a bad flight? <laughs> then it's not about the journey. It is about the destination. Yeah. It's all about the climb. Yeah. I mean, the people on the Titanic wouldn't say it was the journey. Yeah. No, they would not. Or they, the destinations. They'd there. much rather be at the destination. Yep. I don't want to be on this trip anymore. <laughs> As the thing splits in half. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. 
I just want to be in where where were they going? I don't even remember. Didn't weren't they heading towards England or something? Was it from right. America to London? Something like that, I thought. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie like I've never once. seen the whole thing. I've only seen like twenty minutes of two different parts. Oh yeah, the part when he's painting her. No, I haven't seen that part. <laughs> I mean I know the rest. You missed the best part. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, no, I haven't seen that part either, so I don't yeah. know. So what would you call the best place you've ever been? I'm gonna say New Orleans. Nolans? Nolans. Yeah, that that does seem like a pretty fun place to go. Nolans, the city of uh, love. There's something. <laughs> Philadelphia. Philadelphia. That's brotherly love. This is just love. This is just love. Two, Two different loves. There's love for everything, <laughs> man. It's poly, man. Uh yeah, uh, New Orleans is pretty sick. Food's great. People are all right. Was, is there some type of experience that stood out while you were there? Uh, the first time I went, I think I was like How 10. many times have you been? Shit, several. Really? Yeah. Family say, or what? Uh, first time with my mom when I was like 10 or 11. Then. I mean, you don't have family there, though? No. no oh, no, okay. No, no. I'm not cage on. Um, I, I've been a few times. I'm going to say at least four. Was but there's a time that stands out. Yeah. No? So the first time I was like ten or eleven, I uh, went with my mom, just went on a little trip, and so we're down there. We're by the uh, uh, the French Quarter, mm-hmm. and there's kind of like a whole lot of little shops and little experiences going and restaurants on. Restaurants and stuff. Mm-hmm. Selling Cajun food mm-hmm. from New Orleans. Oysters. That's a thing. Yeah. They sell those. Uh, yeah. So we're walking down and. Um, I see this individual walking by in like a, a lovely, um, like a floral dress, just beautiful little oh. springtime summer yeah. dress. And so they're walking by and then the skirt blows up and they've got dick and balls. And Whoa. I go, hey, mom, that's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time I saw a transvestite. Wow. Yeah. That, so that, I feel like that's something weird to see as a kid. Yeah, I mean... I feel like they're, you know, we all know they're trying to expose more children to that, but also it's like something that reality shocking <laughs> as a child. Yeah, no, it wasn't traumatizing. It was more like, whoa, this is a new world. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, so when you think about where your brain is at when you're 11 years old, and like you're just discovering. <laughs> You're just discovering like Oh man Whenever the stoplight is green That means go Whenever it's red That means stop Yeah you're playing like Red Robin In your front yard <clears throat> or something Yeah shit. like your brain is still Like absorbing all this information Yeah it's like, not- My dad is a guy My mom is a woman Yeah They they hug each other And then I happen Or like They wrestle yeah, they wrestle. Dad wins. <laughs> Mon- Monday Night Raw. And in the classic stipulation, loser carries a fetus. <laughs> it's only happened to Daddy about twice. Yeah, man. So the thing is, man, they keep having this big match every year, man. Mama versus Daddy. Loser's got to carry the fetus, man. And guess what, man? Daddy always goes over. <laughs> yeah, so you're talking like, this is like some stuff that, even teenagers struggle with accepting 
Yeah. So like grown adults struggle with accepting the fact that there are those type of people. Yeah. So daddy's a boy, daddy's a girl. What's so a girl has a vagina, a guy has a penis. Right. Okay. <laughs> if you have a penis and are a guy, you wear pants. If you're a woman, you have a vagina, you wear a skirt. There you go. Have your six year old listen to this. So like <laughs> so you're like, you know, you're building on top of the the pyramid there. So it's like, all right, so I've established a baseline, now I'm adding onto that new, right. new little details every time you level up. Yeah, so eventually you see like, all right, so sometimes a woman's lips match the color of their nipples. I noticed that. <laughs> so like, personal question, you don't have to answer. Oh, okay. At that point, before then, have you watched porn? Eleven. Uh, um. Because every boy watches porn. That's just so weird. But that's exactly how it goes. Bro, you got to remember what what the li- what the world was like when I was. 11 years old. Yeah. This awesome. is 1997. Yeah. You got to pay attention to what the Lord says. No. I'm, not, so I'm talking about I'm talking about. You're not talking I'm, about no, I'm talking the Lord. About, I'm talking about access. access. Oh, yes. Access. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, dude. Yeah, I forgot that. Cause Remember, even when, people were still jerking off to books. Yeah. <laughs> even when I was a kid, like 2005, yeah, there was it, only one like family computer mm-hmm. until I got an iPod. Yep. The game changed. <laughs> no. But uh yeah, okay. Yeah, so that so, makes more sense. Yeah, so dude, okay, again, so jerking off is actually oh, you know what? I had seen porn. Really? I saw yep, and it aged that I definitely had no comprehension for what I was seeing. Wow. It and was like So it was actual porn video dude, or so this was this was vintage porn. So this was the nineties and this like was VCR and, tape. No no no. This was vintage oh. for the nineties. Whoa. So we're talking like seventies. Ooh. Seventies, eighties. That that seems weird. My my first Hey, guess what? It was. Yeah. I imagine. It was weird in every way. I I can't even like articulate how like where porn is like the porn that I watched yesterday <laughs> versus the porn that I watched over thirty years ago. Uh, they're they're wildly different. It's not. It's like it's not even the same medium. So this is kind of like a testament to like how old or how different generations we are. You know, because yeah, my first wild. experience with porn was my friend had a little PSP in the restroom. A PSP. <laughs> he had porn on his PSP. He showed me on a PSP at, at school, and I'm in the restroom. The only thing I'm thinking is. Uh, what the fuck? I'm about to get in fucking trouble. <laughs> I better get out of here. I, I don't need to know these secrets. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. Hey, I'm not into wizardry and witchcraft, okay? I don't need to know about this. I love Jesus and the Lord and babies and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> I don't need to see this scenery. Yeah, it's just so weird how no matter what, if you're a male, you're going to get introduced to porn. Uh, I hate to break off on a side tangent, but I can't get over the PSP. The PSP part. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the PSP is like one of those lost books of the Bible. It was so great. It was so great. It was a switch before was, there was switch. But it was only so great, and it only meant so much to so few. Right. So if that story gets smaller and smaller as generations pass, yeah, it could eventually vanish, man. Right. Like how uh, white people used to be slaves. Yes, yeah, <laughs> PSP. Yeah, the PSP, the, dude. it's gonna be weird because 
if you think about it, the PlayStation console keeps getting better. So mm-hmm. eventually, if you're telling your kids this story and you say, yeah, it was like a PlayStation, but you you held it. You held they're, it. They're going to be like, what? Huh? I want that. And then the fable just grows more and more and more, right. too. It's like, That's oh, so man, it was crazy. Thing, dude. dude, you could play video games and watch movies. Yeah. That's the nostalgia loop. Mm-hmm. I was. Have you seen the documentary, uh, The Last Blockbuster? Mm-mm. Kevin Smith's in it. I haven't is, watched is it Is it Kevin Smith? That is a guy. That does... No, which one does Jay and Silent Bob? That's Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. Yeah. yeah, he's in it. And uh, they were talking about, like, the blockbuster went downhill, right? It was real popular. Did you know it started in Dallas? I did not know that. Yeah, it started, like, uh, by Oak Lawn in Dallas. So, uh, anyway, so it starts and it builds up yeah. a lot, obviously. Yeah. Because it was talking how they had to buy the VCRs through the studio. So, they the studio oh, yeah, was charging yeah, yeah. like 100 bucks for one copy. Yeah, yeah. So, like, mom and pop shops were getting, like, three copies of Terminator. Mm. And that was, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. So. That's, like, $1,000 in today money. Yeah. So. <laughs> it really Honestly, is. Like, yeah. $300 in today's money is right. about three times more. So, it's about a grand. Yeah. For three VHS cassettes. Yeah. Of a movie. Of yeah. RoboCop. I know. That's that's like your quarterly budget are those three yeah. RoboCops. That's like you're pulling in a little bit of a profit. Not even. Yeah, you're breaking even plus like operating expenses. Yeah. So anyways, Blockbuster goes through this whole buildup and then they start to die down. But it takes so long for them to die down that that last Blockbuster is right at the bottom mm-hmm. of the nostalgia loop. Okay. And then it's yeah. going back up to where Blockbuster's cool again. People want to go back into Blockbuster's and see what it's like. Yeah. So it's like a it's like an um, uh, an attraction thing, yeah. you know? Like yeah, yeah. It they want to go a, see it. They want more of them. It's Why a is there not one in my town? Yeah, it's a gimmick. So that one Blockbuster lasted through the whole thing long enough to be at the end of the nostalgia loop where it's coming back and now they're banking. So a comparison would be like somebody um, who bought uh, Japanese imports of bands and it's such like a, <laughs> it's like a, such a niche of a niche. Yeah. That like, there's only one guy out there who never sold all of his, <laughs> all of his Japanese imports. So he's there and the market is just at the very bottom. It's like nobody fucking wants to say, here you can have these fucking, 33s. You can have these 45s. I don't fucking want them. They're taking up space. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting an exercise bike, dude. I'm trying to shed some pounds. Yeah. And so, like, there's just the one guy. He's just like, I'm riding it out. Maybe he'll get, like, somebody on a little blip of a nostalgia kick. It's like, you know what? It would be kind of cool if I had a Japanese motorhead import. Yeah. And so, like, he sells it for, like, 45 bucks. But then he holds on to his stuff for so long. It takes a movie telling a story that involves that thing or something like that to just spark interest again. Yeah. Like, hey, whatever happened to Japanese import LPs? <laughs> whatever happened to that? And then like it grows and it grows. It starts getting references on late night television, stuff like that. Blah, 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 blah. It just builds and builds and builds. Soon people are starting to review, hey, what are the best Japanese imports of all time? Blah, 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 blah. Then it grows and grows and grows. And then all of a sudden it's in Target. Yep. Japanese imports in Target. That's how it goes. 
Yeah, that's how it's gonna go for studded belts. Mm-hmm. Uh, slinkies. <clears throat> yeah. You think there's some dude sitting on a shit ton of slinkies, just like one day kids are gonna want to? There's I. There's a there's a Marvel <laughs> superhero that I'm pretty sure his limbs are slinkies. <laughs> what? So, uh, but you know what I'm talking ahead. about like not literal slinkies. Like, hey, sponsored by slinkies. Yeah. <laughs> so like Mister Fantastic or no no no, it's like literal slinkies. It may be Marvel or what? DC. I'm not sure which one, but I'm fairly 99% sure that there's a superhero who has slinky like appendages. Slinky dong, maybe. Slinky dong. Slinky dong. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, that guy becomes in and he just starts wrecking, like, who's the next big villain in the comic book industry? Like, if he comes in and starts fucking laying pipe on that motherfucker. Yeah. And then people are like, man, slinkers are cool, man. And then they start making, like, cosplay <laughs> of slinkies. And people just start yeah. realizing, like, hey, did you know these things can go down all these steps? Yeah. And then again, on YouTube, <laughs> influencers like... Can I slinky this step down this India? Like, mon- slinky. This monastery in India? Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, you're going to start seeing, like, Spider-Man slinkies. Mm-hmm. How do you make your Spider-Man slinky? Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. And she's webs. Yep, there you go. Yeah, wow. Anything can come back, man. Anything can come Anything back. Anything can come back. So, when did? at what point did you start touring with bands? Um, so that was me, uh, I guess not really filling out an application, but like, I guess throwing my hat in the ring or sending in my own kind of like, Hey, I'd like to do this Yeah. to a band that had already been on a couple of different tours, like regional Southeastern, Northeastern tours. Uh, they even had like a stint on warp tour, like on one of the, Oh yeah. The vans. I think it was one of the smart punk stages. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they had already had this, they had problems with their bass player. I think he got some girl pregnant, so he had to like quit and become an, a human adult. <laughs> <clears throat> and, uh, where it had it that they had gone to Atlanta and recorded an album with like a semi big shot producer. So they had this album that they had funded themselves, which is like sitting and waiting to be released by somebody. And so they were kind of in that shopping to label stage. So that's when I was like, hey, man, that sounds like a fucking cool thing. I want to play in bands. I want to do music for a living. And this would be cool. I can kind of just slide in. The music was okay. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. It was just kind of like tolerable. Um, so I was like, eh, whatever. It's not bad music. I can see myself rocking out on stage, yeah. man. I can play this. So uh, sending my MySpace message to the <sighs> band. MySpace. <laughs> What's that? MySpace. I've never heard of that. Um, it was Twitter and Instagram together. What? Yeah. So it almost it almost sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about MySpace was the personal homepage music that you could get. Fuck that yeah, was, it was fucking awesome. You Fuck could go yeah. to my profile and you can hear a song that I wanted you to Dude, hear. Dude, and if you're like one of those people who gets like a little kick, a little high, whenever like somebody's like, "Hey, what's that?" And then yeah. you tell them, right? Like, Dude, that's pretty sick. It's like, yeah, yeah. check them out. <laughs> that's a fucking good ass feeling. Dude, it's, put, it's just like someone else likes something you like. Dude, that is, I think that is like what heroin is. Yeah. And so like that's why people do it. It's like that little thing right there. It's like, oh yeah, like, <gasps> yeah, just a little bit of <laughs> cream fresh, cream, cream fresh, cream fresh. Tell me, tell me about it. Dude, yeah, I miss that feeling. 
Yeah. Just that little bit. It's almost like it's a cool feeling because it's not really like I'm better than you because I know something you don't. It's just like I just fucking gave that person something. Yeah. Like I just gave them a transaction like for the good. Yeah. It's like I turned you on to something and you liked it. So and now you're, cool your your world gets bigger. Like whenever you see a transvestite for the first time in New Orleans, <laughs> it opens yeah. your eyes to a bigger world. And you're like, oh, this is cool, man. Yeah, your your world gets that much bigger. It's like, I don't want to wear a dress, <laughs> but it's fucking cool to know that I can if I want yeah. to. Did you see Kid Cudi? You know who Kid Cudi is, right? Kid Cudi? The Kid Cudi. Or I thought it was like, he's like have you seen Have you seen Kid Cudi? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen him? It's like, me? If I say me, yeah. Yes, I have seen Kid <laughs> Cudi. I'm familiar. Okay, but did you see him wear the dress on SNL? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, everybody wears a dress. Everyone wears a dress now. It's laissez-faire. Yeah. Fucking, it's... I'm pretty sure Machine Gun Kelly wore a dress. Oh, yeah. Dennis Rodman, the OG. <laughs> yeah. He married a basketball. Yeah, he married a basketball. That and, was... and then he wrote the story for Castaway, and they took it away from him because he's a black man. <laughs> Have you seen the Dennis Rodman uh, documentary, the Thirty for Thirty? Yeah, I haven't. It's Beautiful. on Hulu now, though. Oh, is it? Yeah. ESPN Plus is actually worth five dollars. Yeah. Well, ESPN Plus just merged with Hulu for free, so like I'm paying Shit. eight bucks. Hell yeah. I don't want to put my finances out there and all that, but <laughs> I'm paying about eight bucks for Hulu, and I got that HBO Max. You know what? It tightens the bed a little bit, but <laughs> she's worth it. She's we, worth it. We can afford those luxuries around here. I work, my hands look like this. <laughs> so my streaming list could look like this. <laughs> what movie you want to see? I got it. <laughs> I got it. We'll find it. Hey, what movie you want? I got it. <laughs> it ain't on Hulu. I, I guarantee it's on Prime. <laughs> but it ain't on Hulu, man. It's got to be on Prime because Netflix ain't got shit no more. Netflix don't have nothing no more. I finished Breaking Bad and... Pff, Ain't nothing on there no more. All this, all this weirdo stuff. Man, I tell you what, I'm hating how all these different internationals are mixing with us white people in Netflix movies. I, I clicked on Drag Race and nothing like I expected. <laughs> that wasn't was any Drag Race Man, I've ever I was seen. Like hell yeah, I remember <laughs> going to the racetrack at fucking. <laughs> 3.30 on a Saturday, man. Dragging all day. <laughs> Drag race from noon to three, man. Then you had the truck races, man. Then you know what you finished off with? Man, if you were lucky, Bigfoot was in town, man. He smashed up an old Lincoln. Hell yeah. I, I ain't seen no type of drag car in there. There ain't no okay. drag cars. Well, I could pay $15 in faster races than that. <laughs> drag race. I'll show him a drag race. Man, them women's kissing each other or something else. <laughs> What? That's not a woman at all. What? What even they doing in there? I don't even understand what's going on here. That woman just took off her hair. <laughs> that woman bald now. <laughs> she kind of look like a fella. Man, when, when these girls gonna get off the strip? Let the drag cars get off. <laughs> this show. <laughs> this show shows titties. Man. When, <laughs> <laughs> when did they start giving out free show before the drag racing? Man, all the this show has titties on it, but damn, these some of the flat chested women I ever seen. Wait a minute, <laughs> these ain't women at all. <laughs> His wife comes on. What are you watching? Why? You watching? What are you talking about? I'm watching these beautiful women dissect what we understand as beauty here in America. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Growing up in the South really just twists your mind so... It's, like, so far gone after you grow up in the South. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like there's almost no saving you. No. It's a constant struggle. It's like the... The ultimate battle between... Yeah. It's kind of like there's a waterfall, and you're just, like, on top of the waterfall, and you're just watching all these other people just, like... Turn into dust going off the waterfall, and you're just like, ah, I think of it more as uh, you're climbing a, a rope, and somebody on top of a cliff is spraying a fire hose at you. <laughs> and that fire hose is just being ignorant, <laughs> hateful, yeah. rude, racist. Hold the door open for a woman, <laughs> but you smack her when you get home. <laughs> It's so crazy. That's just, the that's what you're fighting up against. And yeah. Like the rope is progress and like understanding of people and compassion yeah. and empathy. Like I don't know why the Bible Belt concept was taught in history. Like it's not a thing anymore. It's like oh yeah, this you said was, it wasn't a thing anymore. I mean, I just felt like when I was in history in high school that it was advertised to me as like when Christianity came through America, this is where it started. Yeah. And the rest of America was also Christian. The bubble, the Bible Belt eventually turned into Beltline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, I don't, I didn't, it took me a while to recognize that it actually had an effect on my life or, like, other people around me's life because they're, like, church is shoved down their throat, you know? Yep. It's fucking crazy to watch it. Church in the South is hilarious. Yeah. It's so funny to watch and the types of Christianity, well, like, just like the like the whole core concept of Christianity is loving your fellow man. <laughs> then you go outside and you see a, a darker man, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> trigger <laughs> going to hell. <laughs> You're in the sun too much. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true that like Christian Christians, they like Christians, racism, Christian racism. They just look over. Man, I love being one in the brotherhood, but man, I hate brothers. <laughs> so what? Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is with all Christians just being racist. But, it's so weird. Uh, all Christians are racist. It's so weird. I feel like they're the ones that don't see the problem with the N-word. Yeah. They're the ones. Yeah. Like, it's not that it's not a problem, but it's that it's not. Surprising to be at some type of family event where the N-word's thrown out. You know what I mean? Yeah. To them, it's just like, and what do you oh, yeah. he said it. <laughs> yep. Laugh about it. That happened. Yep. Yeah. Hey, that's still in the bloodline. Yeah. It's like, it's like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Weird yeah, as What are you going to do? You're going to start a, a culture war at a family gathering? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when like, you know nobody's going to pivot to your side? Yeah. They're all going to side with the loudmouth racist? Right. The church is racist. Yeah. Very racist. Allegedly. Allegedly. But don't even get started on the Catholic church. Allegedly. That's, yeah. That's, that's allegedly. <laughs> allegedly the Catholic church. That's a whole different thing in that. But I feel like what I was saying is the amount of churches that are down here and there's so many different types of Christianity that's like are you a first Baptist or are you a Second. Methodist? <laughs> like what? I thought that was just like the name of the church. Yeah, right. You know I thought that I mean? was the street. Yeah. <laughs> 
I didn't realize that uh, the Methodists do it different than the Baptists. I thought it was just... I don't know what the method is, (laughs) but it ain't baptizing. (laughs) Yeah. I just don't understand. And then, if you've seen the big-ass church on 35, Mm -hmm. the Oaks, it's like, okay, at what point does this really become like a community of Christians and more like something that... Fanatics. Yeah, something that you feel like you have to do to feel good about yourself. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like soccer clubs in the UK. Yeah. Or football clubs. Pardon me. I told the international <laughs> listeners. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of like you're breeding different factions. Yeah. And you're basically selling tickets to every stadium show. Yeah, well, I was, well, was going to say is the fact that these people probably get like kicked themselves down all week and like just have probably shit lives. Probably. And they're just like, Man, I gotta go to church on Sunday. Makes me feel good. Makes me feel nice. Yeah. Makes me feel good going up there eating that bread. But like it's it's like they don't have any other catalyst for good energy in their life that they have to go out and get it from some dude who takes your money at the end. <laughs> Yeah, like, I've kind of always understood, like, the idea of religion. Right. Or, like, Christianity, like, the sense of community. Right. That sense of knowing your neighbor and all that stuff. And, like, for that, I can applaud it. But all the the ancillary stuff, like, the hate and all that, it's apparent. And it's a big piece of what's going on in the world now with all these people getting shot up and all this different stuff. It's fucking crazy. And it's it's so unnecessary. It's ridiculous. It is so unnecessary. Yeah, like at some, I I read that thing, Canada. It was a year ago they had the worst mass shooting in Canada, and they banned assault type weapons since then. Mm -hmm. And like nothing's happened. There's been forty five mass shootings in the United States the past month. That's ridiculous. Like that's just like South Park. Every day there's a new one. Like South Park. Yeah. Yeah. They're just going through school, and it's like, oh, what happened today? Oh, another school shooting. Well, whatever. Yeah. And they just go about doing other things. It's exactly like that, and people are just overlooking it. Man, I don't know. I need my assault weapon to kill some hogs every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. You don't, but okay. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you... Absolutely must. It's then. a it's a pig, man. You can shoot a pig with anything. <laughs> yeah. You know there are people who bow hunt pigs, right? <laughs> yeah. You're telling me you can't just carry a Glock? Yeah, like I just don't understand. Well, I'm not that good with short range pistols. I'm sorry. Yeah. And you suck, and you probably need to practice more. I mean, I don't see the point in having an equal weapon that the military uses in other countries. But if you think about people who think like that. They probably see uh, Muslim people and they're like, man, if he had an AK, I'd fucking mow him down with my AK. Man, you know what I mean? Have you? All right, how many AKs were in Aladdin? <laughs> like a bunch, right? No, there, there was were, none. They had those big swords. Swords, yeah. That's it. So, what weapon do the Muslims use? They use swords. They don't <laughs> have these big rifles. I've never seen. Yeah, sure. During like. The early '90s during the Gulf War, they had like AK or like the late '80s. Yeah, they had AKs, but they were given to them by the Russians. Like yeah. that were given to them by the Americans. They, pro- they were probably given 
AKs to defend themselves from the Americans. Yeah, they didn't build the AKs. Somebody gave that to yeah. them. So they've already got a finite amount that was given to them. Yeah. So you think the people that they're going to send to different countries, they're going to get one too? <laughs> no, there's no AK factory in a Muslim America. Yeah. A Muslim UK. I don't even know where my... Ooh. Muslim Egypt. Is, uh, Muslims just Middle a, Eastern. Isn't that just a, a religion? It's not really like Yeah, that. it's not really But like, it stems from Egypt? Yeah. But Christians... And like they tie that to the reason Islam. why they have to have them. Islam, yeah, yeah, because they think that all these people have all this access to these weapons. Right. That's why they. That's why they deny like other religions too. Is because they. It's because it's whatever fear. happened on nine eleven, George Bush or not, allegedly, allegedly, that turned uh, the American consciousness to like hate. Middle Eastern people. Well, and that's what they kind of wanted to, you know. Yeah, the American people have always been very suspect of anybody different from them. Yeah. Well, it's it kind of ties in because the government kind of wanted them to hate the Middle Eastern people so that they can go over there and fight for the oil. Well, they want they want the people to hate everybody that's different than them. That's why there's so much yeah. hate towards the black community. Right. Yeah. So everybody's it, different. Yeah. Remember who came over here on the fucking Mayflower? There were no black people on that ship. Yeah, no. That was all white folk. Yeah, until later. Yeah, and they didn't come over. Willingly. Yeah, Yeah. or in the best conditions. Right, so, but yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. It goes both ways, because they do it on actual U.S. soil, and then they go overseas, and they kind of do it the same way. I mean, the way I've always heard it described to me through other podcasts, um... Is like if you're seeing outside and there's a fucking Russian tank rolling through your neighborhood, mm-hmm. you're gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. Like, and if you see ten of them in one day, you're definitely gonna be like, "Okay, what the fuck?" Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go blow one of them up. What makes like at what point does that become a terrorist act? Like, are you defending your land? And, like, what you feel is right? Or are you a terrorist because you want to defend, you know? I don't understand that. Because people look at that person as a terrorist. But the way he is, he's seeing these foreign people come through his country. Right. And they're, like, blowing up cities mm-hmm. from the sky. They, there's not even a person in that thing. Yeah. They're just fucking blowing up your town. Yeah. So you would want to do something about that, right? Yeah. I think you might. <laughs> yeah, I think I you think might want to blow up some American tanks. I think you just might. Yeah. It's just fucked up. They they sway it that way all the time. Yeah. But that's why growing up in the South is ridiculous. It's really Because you just get all that shoved down your throat between, like, birth and 18 yeah. And then after that, it's kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. When you <laughs> I'm don't not, have to hear I'm that. not being woken up to go to church on Sundays anymore. So what do I do now? Yeah. And then you start to realize that life isn't any different yeah. than when you did go to church. So if anything, you're just accumulating more hours of your own time. It's pointless. Yeah. It's weird. Jesus is a cool story, though. Have you ever seen Jesus Christ Superstar? I haven't. Have you heard the album? No. Gold. 
Like it went gold. <laughs> Sold five hundred thousand. Yeah, copies? It, no, it went double mer. Double mer. <laughs> we got frankincense, but I think by the end of the quarter we'll be double mer. Man, so what shows do you watch? Uh, I just not that long ago finished this super rad series called Warrior. Um, I think I had told you about it before, but it's the one about it was written by Bruce Lee, and uh, it's about like Chinese immigration coming to America and being at war with the Irish immigrants mm-hmm. over jobs in San Francisco during like the late 1800s, and uh, he's kind of like dropped into that Chinese immigration sector and starts to realize like the different gang systems that work in the Chinese. Yeah. Um, well, because the whole gold rush, right? This was actually after the gold rush. So oh, the gold rush had been established, well, and now they were trying to build up the um, the infrastructure of that's San what, Francisco. Wasn't weren't there like casinos in San Francisco, or am I am I mistaken? Because I don't think so. What what was it that the people were going? There were like, Ill- so there were illegal Chinese gambling spots. Oh, okay, um, that yeah, because they would earn money from the gold, and then they would go want to spend it somewhere. So th- yeah, this this takes place a little bit after that. This is like the dying days of the gold rush. Like most of the gold had already been found okay. and been harvested. So this was the byproduct of that. So this is trying to build up this community in San Francisco. You're a port town, so it would be able to take imports. So you needed an importing business infrastructure set up. So it's a lot of factories, like, and then factories to build the steel and harvest all that and set it out to all the different companies that were being built from the ground up. And then, like, a lot of building stuff and things like that. So there were the the price of cheap labor was a commodity. So mm-hmm. the lower you could get it, the more company or the more city buys you get for city buildings, municipal buildings, things like that. Yeah. So the Chinese would come in and do it for like a quarter of the price of what the Irish people do because they'd already established like they were trying to build themselves up as a people. Like we're we're going to be homeowners, we're going to be landowners. We don't want to pile 20 of us into this small cottage. We want to be able to have our own individual homes. Mm-hmm. So they'd already like leveled up and they started to build out as a community. And the Chinese would come in and they would be in that early stages. So it would be 20 people in like of like a 200 foot square foot area. So they would just see bunk beds on top of bunk beds so they could work for a cheaper price and it back home for the families there. They weren't trying to build a community. They were just trying to make income to send back yeah. home. So they didn't have to pay any of these like property taxes or anything like that. So they could do the, the job for the most minimal amount. Yeah. So the Irish were basically left jobless over there. So it's kind of like the different factions like trying to like the Irish were the original immigrants, but now the Chinese were the new immigrants yeah. because the Irish were already kind of like Irish Americans at that point. And they just kind of like add fiction on top of that. Yeah. So the oppression that the Irish were coming in because they were taking jobs from the Americans that were already there. Because it's like a little cheaper. race war. Yeah. So it's like a perpetual like r- race war, essentially. Yeah. Even though Irish people and the Puritans were both that white. Seems, that seems pretty cool. You said Bruce Lee directed it? Or no, no, no. He wrote the concept for it, oh, and okay. that original concept was stolen from him and created into the old TV show Kung Fu. Right. Uh, it was the guy from Kill Bill. Um, Bill. He played. Um, I think his name was. I don't remember what his name was. It may have been Kung Fu on the show, um, but he was basically like a Shaolin master who would go from town to town in America and solve like these little disputes. Oh yeah. And so that, that seems kind of cool. It is cool, but Bruce Lee wanted to do the setting in the Old West because. Oh yeah. Um, 
he thought it would be a lot cooler to see a martial artist take on gunslingers yeah. and like barroom brawlers. It's and it is like cool. Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, it's well, Mandalorian is just an old western at, at its yeah. core. It tells the same stories. Like that's the old yeah. like weekly episodic cowboy show. Was a guy who would go from town to town, solve these little disputes, and then high hill silver. I'm off to the races. I'm off to the next town. <laughs> yeah, that's what those old westerns were. So it's a great little formula, and it's awesome whenever it's done right. And The Mandalorian does that, and Warrior, which is kind of the same, but there's a lot more titties <laughs> in this one than there is a Mandalorian. Then there is lightsabers. <laughs> yeah, it comes on. I think it was on Cinemax, but it was on HBO. That's how I got to watch it. Yeah. And yeah, it's just fucking good, man. There's tits, there's sex, there's cussing. I learned a lot of slurs that I didn't know were slurs before. <laughs> Did you watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I did. Bruce Lee was in that. He was. Do you think that actually happened? Yes. Wasn't it confirmed? Like Yes. The Because uh, his son got mad, too, right? His daughter, for oh, sure. his daughter. I don't know if he has a son. No, his son is dead. Um, Brandon Lee. Yeah, that's right. The grow. But, yeah. Well, the, Bruce uh, Lee's dead, too, now, right? Yeah. Okay. For a while. So... <laughs> so, the... The Bruce Lee versus uh, Brad Pitt's character was based off of a real interaction from the guy that um, Brad Pitt's character is model after. One of the guys, he's kind of like an amalgam of different personalities. Yeah. Um, which is great to do in a fiction because you can you don't have to write one-dimensional. You can have all these different layers to guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, one of the guys he was based off of was Gene LaBelle who was a former judo grandmaster in the like 1940s, 1950s. Right. And also a practitioner of jiu-jitsu and things of that nature. So... Did he actually work on the Green Hornet? Yeah. He was one of oh, the... Uh, okay. He was one of the uh, stunt coordinators. All right. With, yeah. um, I mean, I guess that has to happen for the story to make sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was a stuntman. So yeah. he did all these things. He had this control over his body because whenever you get into these different forms of martial arts, you learn about how oh, there's these different controllable areas to different uh, methods of martial arts. Judo is more like core-based and yeah. balance. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu is more about flexibility and timing and rhythm. Uh, karate is about flexibility and kinetic energy, things mm-hmm. like that. There's no throws in karate, really. There's, like, the one, like, the kickback monkey flip throw, but that's pretty much it. But in judo, it's all throw-based. And there's various choke codes. There's, like, um, Aikido, which is what Steven Seagal's uh, method is. <laughs> um, Wait, Steven Seagal lawman? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, brother? The cop? <laughs> Just let me know, because I'm holding you down. <laughs> okay. My grandma hates Steven Seagal. She should. He's a slime ball. But that's a different podcast. <laughs> I had to say it. What does no. my grandma hate? <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. To what do grandmas hate? Today's topic, Steven Seagal. <laughs> What's with the ponytail, my grandmas would say? What's the deal with ponytails on a guy? It's a woman's haircut. And the travel suit. (laughs) And what's the deal with the emergency exit seat on an airplane? Should there be a professional here? I mean, we got a sky marshal. Why can't we have an official door opener guy? 
you know, he gets the training. He gets <laughs> he gets the different, you know, strategies. <laughs> so Bruce Lee actually gets thrown into a car door. That part was probably fabricated, but the okay. story goes that Gene LaBelle was able to just pick up Bruce Lee and carry him on his shoulders and right. run around. And he, I mean, because he would have such a monkey grip on him because, like, he's being you're whenever you have these extra like these martial arts that Gene LaBelle is a practitioner of, you have insane core strength yeah. and you have squeezing strength. And so he was basically just able to carry Bruce Lee, pick yeah. him up on his shoulders, and Bruce Lee couldn't get away. He can't score himself out of that. Right. You're being held by a man now. And he can do whatever <laughs> he wants with you. Yeah, and also he's like he has a bunch of strength, but in actual size, he's kind of small. He's tiny. He's like yeah. 135, 140 pounds. Right. And he's 5'8", so, 5'7". Five, five, he's not a big man. But he had insane torque and core strength. Yeah. And he had insane kinetic energy. That's why he was able to do the things yeah. that he did. But that's like not this extreme, but like great colleague grabbing Ray Mysterio. It's exactly like that. That's a great <laughs> parallel to make. That is a hundred percent. Because what's great colleague's game? Yeah. Power. Power and strength. Right. He, he can't move fast, but once he gets you, once you get close enough for him to get a fucking big big ass <laughs> paw on you. It's going to squish you. It's <laughs> yeah. going to squash your head. Right. But what's Ray's game? Ray's game is quickness, fast kinetic movement. Right. It's short shots. Hit hit from far. Get inside, make your shots, get out. Right. Quickness. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that was a pretty good Gene movie. That's Gene LaBelle then. versus Bruce Lee. <laughs> what's your favorite movie ever? Um, probably Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's such a great movie. It, like... The way, I, when I watched it, and you see the way it's set up, the storyline, you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, I've never seen a movie that tells it like this. There's really, so, like, for the time, that was, it was un, untouched material. Yeah. Like, that had never been done, like, that different kind of, it's not even, like, so it's, like, storytelling, like, the end, but like, the climax before the build. Mm-hmm. But there's also the intermingling of all the stories. All the stories connect. Yeah, I think that's like the subtle genius. And like, that's, right. it, there's there are movies that like jump back and forth. Like they'll tell like a little bit of the end, like the pre-build to the very climax, and then stuff like that. But yeah. that format hasn't really been touched at since all since then. Yeah, since maybe Kill Bill, kinda. Kill Bill works more on flashbacks. Kill Bill than, reads more like a book than it than Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Pulp Fiction, Fiction can only be done in Oh, you in know motion. what? Reservoir Dogs. You seen that? Mm-hmm. Kind of that, too? Sort of, but not as... It's more... That's more set up than Pulp Fiction. Because in Pulp Fiction, you're introduced to it as this is the beginning. But mm-hmm. in Reservoir Dogs, you already know that that's the end, you know? Yeah, so in Reservoir Dogs, you're you're at the pre-build to the climax. Right. The guy writing, in, he's in the... He's shot up in the stomach. Yeah. And they're taking him to the to the hideout. Also, a Tarantino movie. I hope you know. Right. Yeah, okay. I didn't. Just making sure. <laughs> man, you know what else? I'm a movie snap. From another guy, man, out there. We love him. Reservoir Dogs, man. You yeah. ever seen that one? He's talking about. Uh, yeah. So you kind of get that, but instead of like these jump back stories telling a full like open universe type thing where all these different elements are connected to one another. Mm-hmm. It's more like it's just the origin story of each individual character. Yeah. It's more like Ocean's Eleven type style. Yeah. I've never seen Ocean's Eleven. What? Nope. 
Dude. Put it on the list, I guess. 12 and 13 <laughs> are missable. 12 is good. You seen the one with girls, Ocean's 8? <laughs> yeah, it's not good. I haven't seen it, but I saw the. It, I saw it on Netflix. It's not good objectively as a movie. I'm not <laughs> saying because it's a woman's cast yeah. and a previously male-dominated cast, but it, it's just not a good movie. Yeah. I was going to say my favorite Tarantino movie is probably Kill Bill, mm-hmm. only because... RZA does the soundtrack. Like, did you know that RZA from Wu Tang yeah. does the soundtrack? A big I, kung fu head. Yeah, I didn't know that till like about a year ago, and then I was like, Kill Bill's coolest fucking movie ever made. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. It, like, it's a good one. I like Pulp Fiction too, yeah. but Kill Bill probably is more my favorite because also my grandma w- used to watch it all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty wild. So when I learned it was uh the scored like was it scored, would you say? Um, I would say yeah, scored and then like the soundtrack the, play, the soundtrack and whatnot is kind of Rizzo. cultivated and um what's the word? Uh whatever. Word. Cultivated is the best way. <laughs> curated. Yeah. Curated, curated was the inspired. Other word. Yeah. Well curated and just kinda like yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel sure. like if I ever met Rizza, I'd pass out. It'd be pretty dope. Pretty much anybody be. from Tang. Yeah. Tang. Met the man, Red Man. <laughs> so you were, how old were you when they were coming up? Am I gauging you too old when I say that? No. Um, the Wu Tang Clan, I mean, they. Because it was like I early say like 90s. 93, right? 90, 92, 93, maybe 94 uh, were the Wu Tang. Um, what is it? Enter the Chambers? Yeah. Uh, came out. But I think each guy, they kind of, Wu-Tang was kind of like a, a miniature super group mm-hmm. and like local notable rappers. Because um, I know Method and Red did stuff on their own. Old Dirty Bastard did stuff on his own. Yeah. And I think it was kind of like an NWA type thing where it was just like a bunch yeah. of different. Riz is actually the only one that didn't really like do too much on his own. But he's like also the backbone of Wu Tang. Yeah, he was like the he was the foundation layer. He would yeah. like put the beats and all that stuff together, get the the cuts and stuff. So for him to be somebody successful in creating a soundtrack, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Because he's only a producer, basically. Mm-hmm. He's producer and rapper because he fucking likes bars. Yeah, not to get into that, but so yeah, I would have been like, but I didn't know about Wu Tang until probably. To be honest, like early two thousands, really, I wasn't really like a huge rap yeah. aficionado because it was just like music wasn't super readily available. Yeah, also that like there's no Spotify. Yeah, like we had Napster and LimeWire and stuff like that to where we could like it was a file share service, so you could just go in there and try and find a file that somebody's sharing that they have of a track. And so mine was more like that different genres of rock and stuff. Mm-hmm. More so than, but I would like listen to like the hits on radio of rap, so like Jay Z and Eminem and stuff yeah. like that. Could you just imagine RZA and Quentin Tarantino working together though? Mm-hmm. That Absolutely. would be pretty weird. Very similar because to be a guy who makes beats and like does cut ups of different samples and stuff like that, you've got to have that deep dive, like analytical brain to where you like, yeah. You have an idea of something, you hear something, and then you just start diving in and like laser focus on something. Tarantino is the very same. He does yeah. insane research 
through just ingesting and digesting music. And I think RZA's the same way, like taking in all these different things in music and then like finally, like maybe it's just like a little kick, just a little go, do, do, da, do, do, do. And like just taking that, it's like, oh man, I got like this idea. Yeah. Like that's the foundation. And he just starts building, building, building. He hears horns on like a Miles Davis Jr. song or something. Yeah. And then just like all these different pieces start coming in. He hears a sample from an old 40s movie that he can like cut up and ter- do different things with. Yeah. That's just like musical genius right there. Like, mm-hmm. it's a very that's special definition. Kind of brain. Musical genius. Because yeah. like there's tons of musical geniuses, but like there's it, different that's variation. textbook right there. Yeah, I mean it. Same for, with Quentin Tarantino in the films. It's just like yeah, he sees a movie and genius. he sees like a cool transition or like a cool. Maybe it's in a fight scene and he sees something that's very like cinematic and it's yeah. very like intricate in storytelling. And maybe it's something he's never seen before, but he can think of a wrinkled add to it to like fit into a narrative. Yeah, and it's like oh, there's this, and then he sees like this great monologue from an actor or something. He's yeah. like oh man, I, I could think like I like the beats and that I like the way he phrases. I like the way like the shot is set up around him. Like he just yeah. starts taking all these different things, and he's building like a little microcosm of the universe. And he's just like, and then the cool thing with him is like he's got the Tarantino verse, so yeah. he has all these different little Easter egg type things that he mm-hmm. can take. But then somehow this movie ties in with the Inglorious Bastards arc, or like this movie ties in with like the Kill Bill arc. Yeah, and it's just like these little subtle fucking things that like he's just created this great little nucleus of things. Yeah. It's kind of like his own little Marvel universe mm-hmm. of films. Yeah. Kevin Smith does it to a much smaller degree, too. Right, yeah. With his shows. and He has a show, right? Some like he's, type he of has, black and white show. He's got so many different things that he does. Yeah. You know what, too? Tim and Eric. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the same degree. thing. Yeah. They're, that's kind of like the way that films and shows can kind of go. And... Mm-hmm. Because Breaking Bad tried to do it, and I think they kind of flopped when they did it, you know. El Camino was good, but Better Call yeah. Saul is kind of, you know. I actually have yet to watch it. Me too. Yeah. So, like, that but has I something no to say, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. It kind of, like, the shots in Kill Bill mm. and Pulp Fiction, along with the story, mm-hmm. is really good. But in Glorious Bastards, more like, storytelling like and the drama historical stuff mm-hmm. and then same thing with kind of once upon a time in hollywood yeah and once upon a time in hollywood shot really good because it's on newer cameras mm-hmm. too so he could do more i guess mm-hmm. and i feel like that just gives quentin tarantino more strength <laughs> when he's like filming you know right he had more of like he could it's take... like if stanley kubrick was filming right now yeah mm, yeah it could be yeah uh, some people don't adapt to the mediums very well, so yeah. maybe they, it's just like too much information. And like, yeah. I like this one thing, and like or, I do this one thing really well. Yeah, or I guess you could say if Stanley Kubrick came up when like all this was happening, you know? Yeah, when CGI was a thing, because yeah, he was ahead of his time then. Yeah, or he would come up in it and he would be disgusted with the process and absolutely <laughs> hate all of it. Yeah, and well, Stanley Kubrick out. was crazy. Exactly. Like, yeah. it depends on like. Because I feel like Kubrick's style was very, like, it was a very, like, strong melding of anticipation and visualization. Yeah. So he would create these amazing set pieces, but he would build, like, this anticipation within it, within the storytelling. So I can see him being, like, a very old school, like, tangible, like, 
CGI is bullshit. Like it takes yeah. out everything. I don't. I don't have the time to stand over some person's shoulder and yeah translate to them what I'm seeing. They can't do it. They can't do with those fucking pixels. But I can do with <laughs> God's sky yeah. and a lens. <laughs> Let's get some puppets in here. <laughs> yeah, some people just burn out that way. They just yeah. hate the and they hate the politics of Hollywood and all that stuff. They're right. genius movies that never see anything built upon them. Yeah. Because well, people just hate the industry. Yeah, the politics of Hollywood kind of sucks. Cause if you want to get any type of notoriety with anything, you're still gonna go in the popular eye, mm-hmm. and that's eventually gonna lead you to like that path, you know. So it's hard to avoid Hollywood if you're trying to be popular too. Yep. I think that's kind of what happened with uh, Ari Oster. Do you know who that is? I don't think so. Uh, he well, he directed uh, Midsummer and Ooh, uh, Hereditary. I love Midsummer. Yeah, and Hereditary, and there's this short film called uh, something about the Johnsons. About the Johnsons, something. It's about like this dad is raping his son. Yeah, it gets fucking weird. It sounds weird Anyways, now. So, like, yeah, if you start from that and then eventually you make something like Hereditary uh-huh. and then Midsummer, Yeah. Where it's, like, a real big deal. You kind of, you know, it's like, did I want to really make this a big deal or did I kind of just want to be, like, on a small scale? Yeah, because... Still doing this. Hereditary and Midsummer are such, like... Wild movies, especially Midsummer. Right. Midsummer is one of the wildest things I've ever seen, and they're still not going to be watched by everybody. But like, they can't be watched by everybody right. because it's so graphic and it's so, it's blunt. It's like there's yeah. the scene where the guy smashes the other guy's head with the, with a mallet. Yeah, that is probably the closest like correlation you can make. Like watching that movie is like getting in the face with a mallet. Yeah, from the jump, whenever that opening scene if you haven't seen the movie fuck you see the movie you should have seen it already <laughs> the girl who commits suicide by hooking up the car hose to the multiple rooms right. in the house and the main one going into a gas mask or was it just going straight into her mouth i think straight to her mouth it yeah. was like duct taped around her head or something yeah shit. that is the craziest thing i've ever seen in a movie right yeah that is the great and then like she's also murdering her parents yeah that was the wild part too yeah, it's all wild. You think that, like, first I think it shows that the parents are being poisoned, and then it trails to show her having it, like, duct tape. Like, there's no way out now. Well, I will say, I've probably come out the uh, psychedelic closet by now. Oh, no. But I have uh, watched that movie on a psychedelic. Uh-huh. And it, like, locks you in to the whole story. It just kind of, like, takes you in. Mm -hmm. Because when you're on that, like, a drug like that, you kind of see things differently. So you see the way the movie's supposed to be built from the director's standpoint, kind of, you know? So, like, the shots are just kind of, like, locking you into the story going along with it. Mm -hmm. And then she takes the shrooms, and you're kind of, like, chirping, too. And you're like, right. <laughs> tripping on tripping really here now and then so now you're seeing someone's trip during your trip and then they jump off the fucking cliff yeah and it's like yeah dude whoa yes and it and it's weird because going and then it kind of creates the fear in you that this girl had everyone else had when they were there mm-hmm. the outsiders yeah that's what's great about it like we've been jumped into this like we yeah. are now a part of this regardless of what year our uh 
tenure is we're in it. We are now here. We are a part of all these activities. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Like, they had to eat the fucking pie or whatever, and she put her period blood and oh, pubic hair in there. Oh, that was disgusting. Yeah. And he ate it. <laughs> yeah, they did eat that. That, I can't even believe that movie. I, I went and saw it in theaters. I didn't have that luxury. Really? Oh, I miss the theaters so much. I do, too. It's like, I know the theaters are open again, but yeah, it's but the there's fact, also the nothing. quality... Well, because I thought about seeing, like, uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Right. I was like, because that seems like a big theater-type experience. But I was like, eh, not worth it. I'm going to wait until Top Gun 2 comes out. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely seeing that in theaters. That's pretty fucking cool. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, Man, it was just, like, really the Marvel movies. Yeah. That was fucking fun to go watch in theaters. Yeah. Like, because you'd be there with people who've only seen it once, no matter what. Right. Or, like, haven't seen it yet. Right, right, right. And y'all are all just experiencing it at the same time. It's so fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, did you go watch Endgame in theaters? Yeah. Oh, man. That's an experience right there. Yeah. Like, that and uh, Infinity War. Yeah. Both. Man. Super rad. So you said you've never seen Buckaroo Banzai? That's right. Right. Did I, okay, so the plot is that he's his dad was the first person to try to invent like a vehicle that could go through dimensions. Uh-huh. And then so he grows up and that's all he wants to do. And he fucking does it and he goes to the tenth dimension. And once he comes out, he can see fucking lizard people. <laughs> and so they start a huge war against them and the lizard people. But this dude's also like a fucking samurai and shit. Buckaroo Banzai? Uh, he doesn't ever like use samurai swords, but he like was like practicing like a samurai. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's a cheesy movie, no matter what, you know? Uh-huh. So he did like a little samurai ritual. Okay. You know? But he's, like, killing these fucking lizard people. And all his fucking friends are helping him, too. <laughs> it's right. the craziest movie ever. But it kind of... I feel like it relates to the lizard conspiracy theory. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Jeff Goldblum is, like, the biggest uh, person Believe pushing that. Really? I, I don't know. Sure. I mean, you know, why not? <laughs> why not? You ever seen Jurassic Park? Did you hear? Uh, uh, yes. I saw on the interwebs that... The director of Fast and Furious said, don't rule out a Jurassic Park crossover. Jesus Christ. What? Did you see they were going to space? Who is? Jurassic Park? Ludacris and Tyrese. Oh, man. Is that The Rock's doing? He's shooting them into space because he doesn't want to hear from them anymore? Whatever was happening, they jumped out of a plane. Into space? No, they jumped out of a plane in a car Uh with... Fucking jet engine, no. like space engine, no. on the back of it, and no. wings, and they were wearing space suits, and Ludacris is sitting there duct taping his shit, and then Tyrese is like, "We're going to space," yeah, <laughs> and then it just like into space. Did they peel out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. I haven't yeah. seen a Fast and the Furious movie in a while, though. I haven't seen any of the newer ones. And yeah. I, when I say any of the newer ones, I mean like four yeah. and on. Well, I've got a long way to go. proves how smart you are. 
You're, you have I'm a, a genius. You have a 720 IQ. Whatever the highest is, I don't know. I do 1080, man. <laughs> 1080. <laughs> Put me on a snowboard, man. 1080. But, fuck. So, where all did you tour for music? Uh, Southeastern America. That's a really weird, weird way to say that. <laughs> what? Well, okay. So the sea, the the southeastern seaboard. I guess all the pretty much just the entire eastern seaboard because we made it all the way up to New York. Um, was the money like um something to were you just surviving or were you actually like pocketing some money? The only money I've ever brought home from a tour is seventy eight dollars. Wow. So it was more of just riding along with the band. It was and pretty you much got just, free food and. Yeah, it was pretty much just the experience. For drugs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't doing drugs at the time. No way. Yeah, our guitar player was heavy into marijuana. Heavy, like every day, going through multiple grams. So he would always offer me, he's like, one of these days, man, you're going to look back and you're going <laughs> to wish you could have had some of this and yeah. some nice blueberry pancakes, man. <laughs> blueberry pancakes. Yeah, and I was like... I'm sure that's true, but I'm okay, man. Because, like, I didn't do any drugs in high school because I played sports, and they drug yeah. tested, so I couldn't do anything. So it was just never a part of anything I did. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even really drink until I was, like, 23. Really? Yeah, I mean, I... No, that's not fair to say. I drank a lot before then. I had, Or I had drank a lot on different occasions. So right. that's not really... But, so legally, like, after, like, 19, 20, I didn't really drink that much. Really? Yeah, when Until I you were 23? Yeah, when I was 21, I was like, nothing. What's your? You've been making cocktails still? What's your favorite one to make? Um, I mean, my favorite cocktail is an old-fashioned. Oh, yeah? Um, but I don't want all the accoutrement to make it, so I don't make one. Yeah. Um, you got to get, like, cherries and shit, right? Yeah, you should, orange. Put a, you should put a cherry in there. You need to uh, put some bitters in there, some orange. Um, or the... What's it called? The the oils from the the orange skin. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not even like an actual orange. But yeah, there's just too much to go into it. And I'm fucking, especially after I have one, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to be able to make a second one. Yeah. There's so many steps. What the fuck? <laughs> so yeah, favorite cocktail is just anything and just like Pepsi Max. Pepsi Max. Yeah. Did your mom like take you to church as a kid? Not really. She would give me, like, a St. Christopher's medal to wear because she was Catholic, sort of. Oh, really? And so she tried to give me, like, some are, Catholic. Are you Mexican, too? No. Oh, okay. I mean, she said I might have some in me, but oh. I don't know. I think I've got it all in me. I think I've got <laughs> black, white, Asian. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome, man. You're a, you're a melting pot. Pretty much. Yeah. The The reason I would think I would have some sort of, like, Asian blood of some sort in me is that Korean people love me. Do they really? They yeah, come dude. up and talk to you more often. Well, yeah, like I've worked with Korean people like various times, and just I don't know. There's just some immediate like chemistry there. Yeah, like, we get along super easy, and they just like you know you like seek people out. Like they would always seek me out and stuff. Just like have interactions with. Yeah, I feel like because I grew up with my grandparents, old people gravitate to me more because I know how to treat them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, man, it's all about the energy you put out. <laughs> no, but, I mean, it's, like, hard to feel, like, be mean to old people whenever you've grown up so close to them. Right. Because you kind of, like, sympathize for them, you know? Right. You never went to, like, a church or anything? 
No, I've been to several churches. And it's always like super friends weird. or what? Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's always super weird. Yeah. Because what? there's a lot of little like intricacies and details. Have you ever seen anyone uh, speak tongues? No. I've never been to a Baptist church. Or that kind of Baptist, at least. I've seen that. And yeah. it's ridiculous. Like, I've seen people go into normal prayer over food and yeah. uh, start speaking tongues. <laughs> for, for what? <laughs> Hey, it looks like I got a little piece of the Lord this time. <laughs> this meatloaf's going to be good. The Holy Spirit is in there. That means this meatloaf ain't dry at all. <laughs> Take a bite. What is it? Jesus it's is... kind of dry. Oh, well. <laughs> maybe the taters is good. The story of Jesus is just too good. It kind of feels like King James knew what he was doing when he, like, edited it and, like, remade it, basically, you know? Because... It's like yeah. he wanted everyone to follow one thing anyways. So he made it such a good story. Yeah. Or like, you know, historical fiction. Because Jesus was a person. He existed. But was he really a God-given miracle? I don't know. Hey, man, so the victor go the spoils. What, what does that mean? Um, history, as time goes on, and these, like what we're talking about with the PSP, like these stories carrying on from generation to generation, like not every story is told. And sometimes only the best stories that paint the best narrative are told yeah, and perpetuated throughout history and told on bigger and bigger and bigger scales where they become the absolute truth. Mm-hmm. And then when people who actually live during those times and have different perspectives of it and they tell their story and their experiences or their grandparents or parents. Mm-hmm. Like these start to chip away at the ultimate idea, and their labels like conspiracy theorists and like flag people, like mm. for the flag for the country. <laughs> so their narratives get buried down, or like they have right. some dirt dug up about them and whatever. Yeah. So the person with the loudest speaker gets to tell the tell the main story. Yeah. One a coworker said to me that the. There's so much lies going on just any t- at any time in America or anywhere, you know, mm-hmm. that if the truth was ever told, it wouldn't really be, like, uh, verified, you know. It wouldn't, yeah, it would just be another It could just opinion. brush over as another lie, yeah, or something. It's just another volley. It's just yeah. another... Imagine if it was like that back in the day when uh, some dude was like, hey, maybe we should wash our hands. Um, I hate to break it to you, but <laughs> that's probably a story that's been told. Yeah. Everything, it's a domino effect. Everything affects everything else. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why weed was decrim- or was criminalized in America. Mm-hmm. Because it took away from the paper milling industry because hemp was a much superior product. Really? Yeah, so the weed... Yeah. Yeah, so weed was basically criminalized and stigmatized and all these different... Uh, propaganda films would come out and like saying that if you take weed, you will murder your family and things like that. So, but you can't get that from smoking paper. Yeah. Well, you also just don't smoke paper. <laughs> right. Yeah. I remember that. Or I don't remember that, but I remember you were you, there. I was there in a way. I know, but I like, I remember that story being told to me yeah. in some type of fashion. W.C. Him- Fields, the guy that Citizen Kane is about. Mm-hmm. That was his doing because he owned so many of these giant paper mills that were supplying the the 
nation's paper. Yeah. So that's a big commodity for him. So he's going to try and smash anything that poses a threat to that. Yeah. And hemp was the number one source of that issue. Yeah. It's so fucked up, the connection between corporations and the state government. Mm-hmm. Or the whole state's government, yeah. the national how you, government. How do you think W.C. Fields was able to get it criminalized? He yeah. had a buddy. He greased some palms with some senators. Yeah. Worked it up the way. All the chain of command. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's this thing called the Rothschild. You know who the yeah. Rothschilds? They're like, he came up with a theory of energy, of how to control people. And it's like capital, uh, goods, consumerism, mm-hmm. and uh, services. Yeah. So basically the opposite of consumerism. Is that a word? Consumerism? Yeah, consumerism. That's a word, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that's the three ways is that uh, you go through and you need money mm-hmm. and you either just follow the money way and then that leads you to the goods and services part mm-hmm. to where you either go to, I guess, purchasing the goods, which everyone has to go through. Yeah. In some form, but you're either the low economy yeah. purchasing goods or you're purchasing like really expensive stuff types of goods like yeah. steel, oil, all that. But they want to keep you at the lower one. And then there's the services that in some way you're going to have to provide no matter what. Mm-hmm. So you either kind of like go that way through the money and let them control you like that. Or there's just anything else you can actually do. Mm-hmm. But the way they train you up and go into school and all that, they want you to go down the money way. So they can control your energy with the capital and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And just from that being from the Rothschilds, like that just goes to show how much of the government is connected to all that. Like controlling the energy of the people. Yeah, that's why they always say that like was it four people control the whole world? Oh yeah, like the Because they own they have yeah. so much of the capital, so he who has the gold makes the rules. Yeah. So yeah. That's why Bill Gates is putting chips in everyone's arms, man. You didn't hear about that? Well you heard about it? You heard about it? For me the NFL is always tied to this kind of stuff too. Really? Mm-hmm. How so? Um so in the past two years, big plots of land in Tampa specifically have been bought and they're being kind of like gilded as the new Hollywood and the new um, tech boom. So they're trying to create this new little ecosystem of power and influence and dollars. Kind of like Silicon Valley or? Yeah, it's essentially a, a souped up Silicon Valley because it's also bringing in other forms of stuff. Mm-hmm. So like industrial and things like that. So um, Tampa winning the Super Bowl. Right. It's a Tom Brady team. He just magically goes from New England to Tampa Bay. Trump supporter. Trump supporter. Loves Trump. So like the last time that there was a Tom Brady-led team that had a big impact on a global scale was on the Patriots in just after 2001, September 11th. It was the 2002 Super Bowl. The Patriots all came out as one team. They didn't come out individually, as most NFL games are wont to do. They go and they win that game. It's a big, like, celebration of America. 
the Patriots. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Red, their colors are literally red, white, and blue. Yeah. It all just kind of like ties into this whole nationalist spirit. Like, uh, we're gonna rise up as a country and take on mm-hmm. these these brown folks. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, yeah. as, the, as the years go on, the Patriots keep winning. Mm-hmm. Um, they do these various things where they get caught spying on the New York Jets. Right. Um, they get draft or they get draft picks taken away from them. Is like the biggest punishment. Like, there's no real. They don't have to. Mm-hmm. Forfeit games or anything like that. Um, so I always thought there was kind of a conspiracy between the NFL. It's like we yeah. already know too much. We're in on the secret. Bill yeah. Belichick, Tom Brady, Robert Kraft. We know what the what the score is. Yeah, and then Tom Brady's kind of painted as like an American boy hero, like it's Captain America. Yeah, like the Captain America football he's, player. He's and, the best player. Um, obviously, that's arguable, but he's the best player at his sport. Mm-hmm. And he exemplifies. He's blonde hair, blue eyed. He's tall. Right. Married to a supermodel. Yeah. So he's like he's like the face of the NFL. Yeah, and it's all something that's probably never gonna happen. To you. <laughs> yeah. So Tampa wins the Super Bowl. They've had the past two WrestleManias. No way in Florida. In or Tam- in Tampa. In Tampa. It, uh, uh, Paul Rogers Stadium, whatever their their football stadium is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they have the Super Bowl there. It almost seems like they're trying to generate a yeah, giant influx. The same of year, yeah. So, I mean, watch out for Tampa. Yeah, I mean, do you I think mean the Tampa Light? Didn't the Tampa Lightning win the Stanley Cup this past year too? I think so. Yeah, that's kind of like Dallas too. With when the when the Cowboys were winning like so much in the Super Bowl, like I feel like that's when Dallas really boomed. It became like nationally known, you know. Yeah, because we were always we had the sh- the TV show in the eighties too, Dallas. Yeah, and like Dallas and Walker Texas Ranger. Well, that was more like Panhandle, <laughs> I think. But Texas. But yeah, it was Texas. If you live in Texas, you're from Dallas. We live in Texas. Uh, yeah. So I don't know the year that Jerry Jones signed that massive TV deal for the NFL. To yeah. the networks that mm-hmm. netted them their first big nut in the economical stream. I feel like it was before we started making those runs because remember, like in the late 80s, early 90s, we were absolute trash. Yeah. And it wasn't until what, 93 was the first time we won? 93, 94, 96, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, after that big TV deal, maybe Jerry was owed a, a favor. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I've definitely always felt like. Uh, professional games are very much rigged and like you seen uncut gems i actually haven't really which is weird because i love adam sandler and i i've heard great things i've just never watched it i mean i don't think it really gets that serious but i feel like the ownership does have a large part to play in the decisions of the actual team yeah sure scores and shit not to mention it's Kind of a modern form of slavery, except they actually get to fight for their pay. Yeah. Or I mean, I guess slaves didn't really even get paid, but you know. Well, they got free housing. <laughs> Sadly, yeah. did you see that they're gonna start like investigating in reparations, like giving it? Yeah. Cool. They signed a bill saying that. That's always been one of those things that you never really knew if they were actually going to do. 
But how would that even work? Like, I don't, I don't even know. understand. It would all, it would have to be strictly monetary because, like, if you go by the actual 40 acres and a mule thing, like, it's, yeah. not, it's not possible. Right. 40 acres is worth way more. Right. That's that type of stupid constitution shit to where it's like, well, it says it. I'll go get 40 acres in a meal because it says it. But, see, I mean, that's where the problem comes in. Because if you do follow through with, like, either 40 acres in a meal physically or the dollar amount of what 40 acres from then to now's cost would be, 40 acres is probably, like, a multi-million dollar property. Yeah. So you think about giving, what, 2 million people in America, like, a couple million dollars? Right. That's a big chunk of change. Yeah. It's kind of like they would almost be better... If they just, like, try to overlook that and not go that route, maybe just stop killing them. <laughs> I mean, that would be cool. <laughs> we just cut like, them a check. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be cool to cut them a check, but, like... Or, do yeah, do both. That'd be cool, yeah. too. <laughs> but I feel like that's one of the things that America's going to look at and say, like, well, man, we really did fuck up here. Like, guys, we fucked up big time. I don't think we can even fix this fuck up. Like, it, this fuck up is not worth fixing. So instead, yeah, maybe we just stop shooting them. You know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and they're gonna be like, "Well, that's a lot of a lot of money. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to kill a lot of Muslims that that month." But uh, maybe we'll swing it. <laughs> Because it's all the money is going to be coming from the corporation, so it's right. pretty much like you're going to have to pry it from their dead hands. Yeah, like I don't really see how that's going to work. I don't know, man. I don't know how any of it's going to work. Yeah, I think it's all a good idea, though. Yeah, to it, stop it's a good people. idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stopping to kill people is probably the first step, and then uh, I don't even think that can fix some of these people down here. Probably not, man. So, do you have something you do every day on the daily basis? Nope. Do you think every day on the daily basis is the same thing? No. Is that a, what you call it? A, what do you call it? Pattern? No, what do you say? Oxymoron. What? To every day on the daily basis? No. Wait, what? To do everything? To do something? <laughs> to just say every day on the daily basis. That's kind of like a, what would you call that? Well, no, I mean, like, you do every day on a daily basis. Is it, no, does I guess it sound it dumb to say that, right? No, I guess every day and daily basis, because it's I like always you're thought, saying like, the same thing. Yeah, because whenever I would look on a, a vitamin thing, it would say, take three to four tablets on a daily basis. Right. Wait, does that mean, like, take three to four tablets three times a day? <laughs> right. What is happening uh, here? Yeah. yeah, so daily basis means you take it every day. What is something you do every day? Nothing. I mean, go to the bathroom. You wake up. Yeah. There's no type of practice you have. You a meditator? No. <laughs> I I probably should, but... Do you still mess around with music and stuff? Yeah. Would you have a piece of advice for anyone who wants to start doing something cool in their life? Um, Like for music? For anything, really. For anything. Um... Find the cheapest piece of equipment to do that and then get on YouTube and look at, like, tutorials. How to play it. Yeah. Well, I was thinking from, like, any kind of standpoint, like, if you're trying to start lifting weights or something, find the cheapest mode of 
doing that. Maybe it's just like uh, a curl bar and like a couple weights. Yeah, I just think a couple dumbbells or something. Yeah, I think it's all just kind of about putting it out there. Yeah, just we'll get the ball it. rolling. Yeah, just get the ball rolling and let like yourself like identify with how you feel doing it. Like, is it comfortable? Do you need to find? Is there ways to? Like elevate this thing if it's a musical instrument. Or like, can I change the strings? Can I get some new pickups for it? Or like, right, some better tuners so it actually stays in tune when I play it. It's cheap to do. Yeah. Do I get a? It, do I need to get an amp? Should I get a pedal to try yeah. something else? Do I need picks? It's made out to seem really expensive to go out and do that, but in reality, it's kind of affordable to just start. And if you spend your money differently, you can do it. No matter what, like, it, expensive equipment is maybe between $100 and $200. For what? For, I guess, I'm just talking, like, relative, I guess I'm oh. talking microphone, mixer. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Well, that's moderately expensive. I guess, yeah, and some people, well, what I'm saying is, Oh, like $200 is a lot of money. What, what I'm saying is that there could be something else you're spending that $200 on that you can stop spending it on for a couple, you know, weeks or whatever. And then, like, so actually spend it on something that you want to do, you know, yeah, for so a living. Allocating your funds to, like, yeah. actually being support wellness. Right. Growth yeah. or whatever. Whether it's, like, creativity or focus or anything like that. Any kind right. of, like, trait that you want to well, elevate. I mean, let's just say you can go out and spend like $200 on weed every week, or you can like, yeah. you can or buy like, beer. yeah, or you can buy something that you can create something with and feel really cool when you create it. Yeah. And put it out there to the world. Yep. 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 That's a pretty cool feeling being able to cast things to maybe like millenniums later. Mm-hmm. Someone's like in a zombie apocalypse. Like I am legend, listening to this right now. Very hopefully possible. that would be pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool to create something that can last forever. That's what legacies yeah. are all about. That's what's going to be on a little thing called an iPhone twelve. Damn, three hundred years. I never got past four. <laughs> They're going to six. No, I got past. <laughs> I got to six. Sorry. It's going to be some crazy stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, it's about time <laughs> to wrap it up. About that time. Anything else you wanted to touch on? Nah. They recovered it. <laughs> the people can't reach you for questions, so if you got a problem with what he says, just fucking deal with it. Yeah. Eat a dick. If I said something <laughs> ignorant, I apologize, probably. <laughs> he doesn't apologize. It's what he thinks. Thank You're going to show him respect. <laughs> That's true. All right, Cody. Thanks for doing this. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. See you later. Bye.